Welcome to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. Turn up your nostalgia. everyone and welcome back. I'm Victoria, your host here on the Cantina Chatter podcast, your resource for Star Wars, new and retro toys, pop culture, and randomness from the 80s and 90s. All right, you guys, so we're chugging right along with the Mandalorian uh, down to episode three, and it's been quite a ride so far. So uh, what I wanted to do with this episode is talk to Jurassic Dave 93, who is our television correspondent for Star Wars, and kind of do a little breakdown of the first couple of episodes and uh, share our thoughts, uh, talk about things we noticed, maybe speculate a little bit about where the show is going, and of course, a little toy talk. Before we get into all of that, if you watch me on the YouTube channel, then you no doubt saw my coping with COPPA video that I published last week. So um, as you guys know, if you watch YouTube and uh, especially if you watch like toy reviewers and you've probably been exposed to COPPA, a lot of uh, toy reviewers and a lot of channels for that matter that have nothing to do with toys um, are talking about it because it's it's kind of a big deal. So. Uh, COPPA began uh, in 1998, I think, is when the law was passed. It's the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, and uh, the whole intent of it was to protect kids' information online. Uh, but a few months ago, uh, YouTube actually got fined for collecting kids' information. Uh, we're talking millions upon millions of dollars. Uh, now what they're going to do is um, basically put the burden on content creators to say whether or not their videos are for kids. And I guess if the FTC finds you in violation um, of saying that it's not for kids, but it is, that uh, you know you could get fined up to like $42,000 or something. It's pretty crazy. Um, it, it's definitely quite a bit of government overreach and it's definitely something that YouTube um, is basically throwing its content creators under the bus and um, telling us to basically talk to a lawyer and um, you know, to find legal advice as to what is best for us and that we know our audience best. But we also know the YouTube algorithms. And if I say it's not for kids, because my toy reviews aren't really aimed for kids, they're they're accessible by anyone, sure. Um, but I intend them to be for, you know, people like me who, you know, lifelong toy collectors who grew up collecting and still do it. Um, that's kind of my goal. Um, so there's a lot of things that aren't clear. A lot of people have made videos on it. A lot of people are talking about it. And um, ultimately, we're not sure exactly how it's going to play out. We don't know if it's kind of just a... I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities at this point. Um, it, it could end up the way people are speculating or it might not. Um, it, it just not... There's just not really a good thing to do. Because if I say my videos are not for kids and I find they find that they are or that the kids are accessing them then uh, I could get in trouble. Yet if I say that they are for kids, I might not get in trouble, but 
I don't make any more money off of them because personalized ads are gone. They don't show up in search results. Subscribers don't get notifications. So it's really, really, really not a good situation, like no matter how you slice it. So uh, in my video, I basically said that, um, you know, I'm going to cease doing toy reviews after this year. Um, I've, I've loved doing the toy reviews. We started them back in April of 2013. Um, and basically I wanted to showcase my toy collection and, uh, you know, review uh, new products uh, of all kinds from different companies, different franchises. Um, and yeah, it, it obviously grew from that into different things like uh, the interviews, like co toy coverage from conventions. I have quite a few published articles on, you know, a bunch of websites. I have the toy photography. I have the podcast. Um, yeah, I've met a lot of great people doing this, uh, other content creators and you know, made friends uh, through it. So it, it really is kind of sad, but at the same time, I can't really think of, you know, what the, the right thing to do is, you know, maybe as time goes on and we see how it plays out, maybe that'll change. I'm kind of okay with it. I'm at peace with it. I, I don't know that I ever set out to do toy reviews like forever. So it, it, if this is kind of the end of it, then, you know, I'm okay with it. It's going to push me to do other things. I have so much to offer. Uh, there's a lot of other things that I do want to do as well. And uh, I'm proud of everything the channel has accomplished. I'm super proud of the fact that based on the YouTube analytics that my audience is split basically down the middle, female and male. I think that's phenomenal. And, um, you know, the channel has grown quite a bit. Uh, we're approaching 23,000 subscribers. There's over 700 uploads. The channel has been viewed in every single country in the world. Um, by over 15 million people. That's just mind boggling. Uh, I never anticipated that that would happen. But uh, from where we're at, you know, there, there's just really no good options. So uh, I'm going to put things on, on, on ice for now and, um, you know, see how it plays out. But again, if, if it doesn't work out to where I can continue doing the toy videos, um, that's fine. There's a, there's a lot I want to get to. There's a lot I want to talk about. So Stay tuned for that. Uh, as we get closer to January, maybe we'll have a little bit more information. The FTC is still seeking um, feedback uh, for the next week or two. So if you want to leave them a note, um, yeah, I'll throw a link in the show notes. Go ahead and do that. And um, yeah, just let them know your thoughts. Uh, it doesn't hurt to let them know, but it also is pretty evident by them doing that. that they don't really know what they're doing either. So Hopefully it's not an end of the world type scenario like a lot of people are kind of making it out to be. Um, I'm going to play things safe, do what I need to do because, uh, yeah, I don't want to risk it. And, um, you know, I, ultimately, I don't really understand the entire thing. I mean, I, you know, content creators aren't collecting kids' information. They're not collecting anybody's information. People are just accessing our videos. So I'm not really seeing how that really pertains to the law. Uh, as it's written. Um, and uh, YouTube isn't very forthcoming about it. They just don't want to be held liable and lose millions of dollars again uh, for something like this. So um, yeah, it, it's a lot of, uh, you know, corporate stuff. It's a lot of government stuff. So uh, it's it's basically a mess. And um, it, it, it kind of hurts because creating content um, isn't cheap. Um, creating this podcast isn't cheap. I mean, there's a lot of money that goes into bandwidth and storage. And um, when you're doing videos, there's a lot of stuff that goes into the production of the videos. Um, there's a, It takes a lot of time. It takes hours upon hours to make videos that are only 15 minutes long. And that's on top of working a full-time job. 
So whatever money I was pulling from um, the YouTube earnings, uh, which wasn't a lot, uh, was going right back into creating content. So with that being gone, um, there's not really anything to supplement it as much anymore. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of hurts. And I do have the Patreon. I have kind of tried using that in the past to kind of offset some of those costs. It hasn't been incredibly successful, but I'm super, super grateful for the patrons that I do have. Um, but yeah, let's see how it plays out. For now, toy reviews are on ice. The channel is going to continue. We're just going to evolve in a different direction. The podcast is going to continue. Everything else is going to be the same. It's just the actual like toy videos uh, that is going to stop for now. Uh, I am not really wanting to move to another thing like Vimeo or Twitch. Uh, I've looked at it. I don't know that I want to do that right now. So like I said, I'm at peace with this. I just kind of want to know more. And uh, maybe when we know more about the situation and how it's going to play out, uh, maybe things will change. But for now, you know, I'm, I'm okay with this. In more happy news, I, I do want to say that when this episode goes live, that uh, my brand new Victoria's Cantina merchandise line on Teespring uh, will be live as well. So I'm super excited about this. This has been an endeavor I've been working on for a long time. I put a lot of time and effort into it. Lengthy photography sessions. Uh, with my intelligent, inspiring, and uh, beautiful friend and brand ambassador. And I will be showing photos of all this on social media, um, not only today when the podcast airs, but, uh, you know, over the week and uh, over time. So, you know, another way to possibly offset some of the lost uh, wages, so to speak, um, due to not being able to monetize uh, content moving into 2020. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys love the merch line the way that I do. I'm really proud of it. And there's a lot more to come. And uh, there is one shirt that's on the store that says uh, hashtag girls like toys too. And you purchase it. Uh, 50% of the profits off that shirt will be donated to he for she. So please give it a look. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes to this as well. Lots of fun stuff. Uh, Please check it out. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, let's go ahead and roll right along into our Mandalorian discussion. All right, so my guest on this episode of the podcast is Jurassic Dave 93 from uh, social media. He's a contributor here on Cantina Chatter for Star Wars TV. So Dave, welcome back. Hi, Victoria. Thanks for having me back. I'm real excited to be here today talking about The Mandalorian. Yeah, of course. Me too. Uh, Last time I had you on the show, we were talking about uh, the, the TV that was coming for Star Wars, including The Mandalorian. I think this was maybe a couple months back. Mm-hmm. And um, we were really looking forward to seeing what this show is going to be like. Yeah. And uh, now we're two episodes into it and we have a pretty good idea of what it's yeah. like. It's nice to finally be talking about something and, and know what we have instead of speculating and you know, breaking down trailers or whatever we were doing before. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The, so Disney Plus is, uh, you know, the big new Disney streaming service that just mm-hmm. released. And um, yeah, it's it just came out last week, right? Just like barely. Yeah, um, yeah, Tuesday a week ago, the 12th of November. Yeah, yeah, so uh, that was something I was really looking forward to. I mean, I, I love Disney, um, you know, Disney movies, uh, all kinds, the animated, uh, yep, the live yep. action, the Star Wars, Marvel. I mean, uh, they've kind of got their hands in basically everything at this point. <laughs> so um, I was really ex- looking forward to the idea of uh, a Disney-centric app where they have all mm-hmm. of their uh, films and TV shows, or, you know, most of them at least, yeah. um, available. So that is awesome. It's only $7 a month. It's even less if you pay for the year in advance. Yeah. And 
Um, yeah, I, I jumped down that right away, downloaded the app day one. I was like, I told my husband, you know, we're sitting down, we're watching the Mandalorian <laughs> tonight. And that's what we yes. did. Awesome. Yeah. I know my kids are in love with it, watching all the Disney princess movies they can get their hands on watching the Disney junior episodes of the shows they like. And it's been pretty awesome. I think every day it gets a lot of use in my house. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, so yeah, uh, Mandalorian uh, is out. We've seen the first two episodes. Uh, there's another episode dropping tomorrow. And um, yeah, now that we're two episodes deep into the show, um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what the show has been about, just kind of briefly recap uh, the main points of it, um, talk about the things we liked, maybe mm -hmm. didn't like so much. Uh, things maybe that we're wondering about or looking forward to. And uh, then I want to talk a little bit about uh, toys because I don't think any yeah. Cantina Chatter episode would be complete Definitely. without yeah. <laughs> a little bit of talk about some toys. So, yeah, let's get right down to it. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, The Mandalorian so far? Um, initially, that first night I watched the first episode, I didn't know how to take it. Um, you know, I had been seeing the hype building all day long on social media and I was getting hyped for it. And I watched it and I think I was a little too critical of it. Um, maybe I was a little confused by the music. It's not typical um, what we've seen Star Wars music on the big screen. Mm -hmm. And it took a little bit to take it in and I liked it. I was like, that was good, but maybe I, I wasn't as hyped as I'm seeing everyone else on social media. But <laughs> um, rewatching the first episode a second time is when I really kind of fell in love with it and I got it that the music set well with me the second time uh, I got where the story was going and I'm hooked now. Yeah, you know, the music is, in fact, very different from anything we've ever heard in Star Wars before, especially anything live action. It's totally different. Yeah. Um, but I actually did want to bring up the music because I think that's one of my favorite elements of this show. Now that I've mm -hmm. kind of gone back, I've, I've seen both episodes twice now. Uh, I just rewatched it today and um, I really like it. It really has like a westerny sci-fi type yeah. vibe to the music and... Uh, I think it's just really fitting, uh, given, you know, that this isn't about what we were used to seeing, like the Jedi mm -hmm. and, you know, all the typical Star Wars stuff we usually see when it comes to live action Star Wars. Um, I think it's really fitting for, for this particular show, at least so far. Yeah, I mean, we're not dealing with the entire galaxy like we are in the saga films, um, and it is more intimate, so the music, it, it does fit what they're going for, you know, with the, just following the one character around in that kind of Western setting that they're kind of going for. Absolutely. That's um, the composer, uh, from what I gathered, is Ludwig um, Gorison, and I'm not familiar with any of his other work. Maybe I am, and I just don't know it, but um, that's who I've got here for the composing the music, which is really cool, and I've heard some subtle nods to uh, traditional Star Wars in the things that we're hearing, and I'm liking it so far. Yeah, I think in that first episode, too, there was a little bit of Beethoven mixed in there also. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it's, yeah, I, I like it so far. I mean, um I don't totally, when I watch things for the first time, I don't like completely absorb the music. And I think when I was rewatching, it's when I really kind of started noticing things about it a little bit more. And I kind of mm -hmm. found it to be a little more fitting than maybe I did the first time. Um, but yeah, I know it's, it's, it's been great. Uh, that first episode, um, sitting down, watching through it. Um, I mean, I was just like, they had me like on the edge of my seat the entire time. Like mm -hmm. I loved it right from the get go. Like everything about it was just like really spoke to me as like, you know, lifelong. Yeah. Star Wars fan. Yeah, I really, I liked it a lot. I really liked the, the Western feel that they're going for. And I didn't expect them to be kind of exclusively following the Mandalorian. Every scene that we see is exclusively from his point of view, how we're seeing things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the, the cooler aspects of it. It is very focused. It's not like a widespread thing. Like it is, you know, when you're watching the, the films, 
um, where, you know, you get points of view from all mm-hmm. the different, um, you know, sides and characters. This is strictly uh, the Mandalorian. It follows him around. It's from his perspective. And, um, yeah, I think that's the, one of the things that makes it a little more intimate, makes it more focused. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's really cool to see something from that perspective. Definitely. The first episode uh, was directed by Dave Filoni. I believe it's his um, live-action uh, directorial debut. Of course, we know him from uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, and it's written by uh, Dave Filoni. And we open up uh, uh, following with the Mandalorian on an ice planet. He's got a tracker. Uh, he enters uh, a bar in the beginning. Uh, you see there's a little bit of a scuffle. He spills someone's drink. A fight ensues. And the Mandalorian uh, kind of kicks everyone's butt and shows him who's boss right in the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, that that beginning I thought was just great. Like his entrance, you know, like everybody looks, you know, very, very much like what you'd see in a Western, you know, mm-hmm. the saloon, you know, the, the doors outlaw com- <laughs> Yeah, the outlaw comes in and... It was pretty brutal, though. I mean, I love seeing that squid head character. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that to me, that was, like, really awesome because we've never seen, like, a CG, like, enhanced, like, squid head. Um, and, um, but he died pretty brutally, I got to say. Yeah. I like the opening up um, and hearing um, another alien language being spoken instead of basic every time. Um, I like it better than, like, in Solo where you have, like, a funny voice. I like the subtitles in the alien language. That really struck me as uh, traditionally Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, now, the person that he's hunting uh, at the beginning or the alien that he's hunting at the beginning of the this first episode is, um, do we have a species name on that or a character um, name? I came across it. I didn't write it down in my notes, but the character's name is uh, Mithral, if I'm saying it right. And it's played by Horatio Sands of Saturday Night Live fame. Okay. Yeah, like initially when I saw the episode, I think that's maybe one of the things that kind of stood out a little bit more to me was that the alien kind of seemed a little non-Star Wars-y. Um, yeah. But I think it kind of grew on me a little bit as it as it went on. And having rewatched it, I think I liked it sat with me a little bit better. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Horatio Sands and I didn't recognize him on first viewing. And I knew he was someone that was funny, but I just wasn't put my finger on it with all that uh, makeup on. <laughs> yeah, a lot of blue. Yep. So um, the Mandalorian then, after he uh, kicks everyone's butt, he he approaches um, Mithral and shows him uh, the puck that there's a bounty on his head, and he proceeds to tell him, I can take you uh, warm or cold, which (laughs) you could take a couple of different ways, you know, after you see the rest of the episode. And they make their way um, back to find a speeder to get back to the Mandalorian ship. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't pick up on that the first time. I, I thought he literally meant, you know, I can kill you yeah. or I can take you alive. Yep. But then, yeah, when I rewatched it, I was like, ah, now I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a great moment seeing like all the, you know, the carbon frozen, mm-hmm. you know, bounties that he's he's picked up. And, you know, just kind of that little interaction with the Mandalorian in, in, the, in the ship, mm-hmm. um, you know, after he's captured him and he just kind of like giving him the silent treatment. I thought that was all great. Yeah, uh, it shows, you know, he's mostly business. He's he's at his work. He's not a conversationalist. And um, I guess the um, uh, frozen and carbonite thing has made its way around to the other Mandalorians, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You know, as the show goes on, we see, you know, he travels uh, to this other planet. Do we know what planet this is quite yet? Um, I, I haven't come across yet what the actual name of each planet is yet, but um, he, it's kind of like, uh, looks like a... I don't know, like a market and stuff where he goes to get uh, his bounty. Um, is that what you're speaking of? Yeah, it looks a little bit like um, like Galaxy's Edge, like Batuu. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that now you say that. 
Yeah, uh, I just went for my second um, visit to Galaxy's Edge this past uh, Friday, cool. and um, that when I was rewatching the episode today, I was like, "Oh, that you know that looks like but two. <laughs> um, would have been a cool tie-in if it was, but they never really confirm. Um, but yeah, no, that that was great. Just kind of seeing him walking through the marketplace. You know, it's mm-hmm. very typical Star Wars thing. We see him on Tatooine. We we seen him on Rogue in Rogue One. Um, yeah. You know, different. Um, you know, different different aspects of Star it Wars. It feels like Return of the Jedi when you're when you're watching it. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's good. It's cool. It does, and then seeing the um, uh, the uh, mon- was it monkey lizard. Yeah, oh, yeah. I forget what the proper name is, but yeah, you see the one getting roasted and yeah, the, the other one watching, like the salacious <laughs> crumb. Uh, Kowakian monkey lizard. That's Kowakian what it's called. monkey yeah. lizard. There you go. Um, yeah, that was. I, I got a huge laugh out of that when I saw that. You know, one's roasting and the other one's just kind of like there, like dreading his fate. <laughs> that was a great yeah. touch. And they do a good job of. It looks practical, and there's definitely yeah. lots of CG in the show, and it's real seamless. It is. It, it looks really good. You can definitely tell it's practical and. Um, you know, it looks just like, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi, like you said. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so we see glimpses of other aliens that we're a little familiar with, like Jawas. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we see a few different, um, I think there's some Rodians that are kind of roaming around. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, you know, you're, you're getting all these these uh, first glimpses of, of things in this show that are familiar. And I think that mm-hmm. that's one of the things that's sat well so far with a lot of people. Yeah, it's just familiar enough, but also know that it could be, it's like something from the original trilogy, but it's not. It's new. It's, it's right. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he uh, he gets to meet um, uh, Grief Carga, uh, which is played by Carl Weathers, which seems to be the guy that's in charge of uh, divvying out the uh, bounties paid. We see that the Mandalorian uh, refuses Imperial credits. We know it's about five years after the fall of the empire and he has some obviously something against the imperials which could uh be with the great purge or something to do with mandalore we don't quite know yet uh-huh. um and it seems like uh you know the empire was keeping the um the guild alive of the uh, bounty hunters and uh maybe he's a little bit too costly um for some of the jobs he's looking to get so he asked uh, to, for a bigger job and He's obliged by Carl Weathers. Um, there's a, another bigger job out there that pays, but it's a little bit shady. Yeah, yeah. He can't get a lot of information out of what, you know, he's looking for. He doesn't have more than the age to go off of. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, but, you know, he goes right into it. And, you know, we see when, when he's when he meets with these, um, you know, fellas that, uh, you know, there's some stormtroopers are clearly like mm-hmm. some sort of Imperial remnant, because I think the main guy he's talking to and I, I forget his name. Uh, it's just the client is has all he's addressed by, played by uh, Werner Herzog. Okay, the client. So yeah, he's wearing like an imperial necklace. I noticed mm-hmm. that on my second viewing, and then he's also yep. got that other scientist guy there that you know he's wearing an imperial style outfit. Mm-hmm. That's Doctor Pershing, um, and don't ask me to pronounce his name. I'm going to butcher it. It's Ahmed uh, Batahi, I, th- I believe. Okay. You know, his costume kind of reminded me a bit of um, when you're in Rogue One when you know yeah. they go to uh, Edu and uh, mm-hmm. you know they're. You know, you see the scientists there, kind of similar vibe to that. Yeah, definitely. I've I've heard um, rumors on the on the internet that um, the symbol on his um, uh, sleeve is uh, one like Camino. So hmm. people are theorizing maybe that has something to do with the cloning. Did they clone something, which we'll get to later in the episode? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that that that's an interesting theory. Um, so he accepts the job from there. He goes on to, um, he travels to this other planet and I guess we don't have the name of it either. Right. 
Uh, no, I don't have the name of that planet either, but I thought maybe it was Tatooine, but I don't think people are saying it is Tatooine. Yeah, I the only thing, it looks like Tatooine, like when he flies towards it, like it looks like yeah. Tatooine when he lands on it, it looks like Tatooine, but, um, you know, we don't see, other than like the Jawas, which are referred to as off-world Jawas, yeah, which this... kind of cues me into not being Tatooine. Um, That's what I'm thinking. I mean, the toys written on the Black Series, they say off, off-world Jawas, and their eyes are a different color, so... I'm going to take it to mean it's not Tatooine. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he lands on this planet and, um, you know, it's obviously a desert planet. That's nothing new for Star Wars. We have a lot of desert planets yeah. and it's not Tatooine. So. Um, yeah. And right um, when he gets there, he's attacked by uh, Blurg and he's actually saved by uh, a new character we meet, Quill, played by Nick Nolte or voiced by Nick Nolte. Yeah. Yeah. That, um. Yeah, that was a pretty neat interaction. Like, as soon as you see this this new character, it's like, I thought he was great, like, from the start. Like, you know, there's yeah. a, you, you, you don't really, like, figure anything shady about him. Like, as soon as he, like, kind of, like, comes up on top of his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what is it, Blurg? Yep. Yeah, like, he, it just kind of, like, you know, you kind of feel like, you know, he seems like he's going to be a good guy. And, you know, yeah, he's got he the is. rancher vibe. He seems like he's filled with wisdom. Um, he yeah. seems confident. <laughs> it's cool. I love that. That's going to be memes that I have spoken. <laughs> yeah, it already is. Yeah, no, that's 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 great. So uh, basically, Mandalorian has to ride on these blurgs and mm-hmm. he has to. Um, that's the only way he can basically get where he needs to get to collect his bounty. Mm-hmm. So he has to learn to ride it. He kind of goes through a, a few trials trying to figure it out. But, you know, he he kind of uh, calms down a little bit. He tames the beast, so to speak, and mm-hmm. uh, he's able to do it. And then, uh, yeah, they make their way off to um, this little, I don't know if we want to call it like a settlement or a little yeah, village. Outpost or something where these mercenaries yeah. are that they're keeping uh, the bounty that he's looking to collect. Yeah. So he gets there. And um, he's kind of scoping things out, and uh, he happens to notice uh, IG-11, the bounty droid, mm-hmm. kind of just walking up like like, like nothing else, like no surprise attack, nothing. He's yeah. just like walking uh, up to it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really cool. I loved how he was perched up on the hill, and I guess he doesn't have a rangefinder or anything like Boba Fett, and he's got that cool little telescope where he spots IG-11. And he's just, you know, the acting is great, too. You can almost just see him rolling his eyes inside his helmet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I totally caught that, too. Um, so, yeah, so uh, he sees the droid kind of walk up and then start creating, you know, mayhem. And, you know, he decides to head down there. And that's when all hell breaks loose. Yeah, that the the back and forth, the, the comedy with him and IG-11 and the initiating, uh, what does he say, self-destruct mode where he's got the thermal detonator coming out of his... <laughs> And it's cool. It's like it's like a, a old fashioned, you know, OK Corral gunfight. You know, they're mm-hmm. pinned behind a pillar, and they keep trying to come out, and they just get pinned back by blaster fire. Um, and he, he convinces IG Eleven to uh, split the bounty with him. And it's funny, IG Eleven's a droid, and he's more concerned about his reputation that he would get the credit for the bounty. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was great. IG-11 to me has been one of the absolute best things about that first episode. And mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you growing up, I always saw IG-88. He's just kind of there in the background in Empire. Uh-huh. You don't really, he doesn't really do anything. He just turns his head. Um, but to kind of know the full range of what these droids are capable of is insane. Yeah. 
I mean, when you see those the bounty hunters in Empire Strikes Back, you're like, okay, yeah, but Boba Fett, that's the cool one. That that he looks like you don't want to mess up with him. <laughs> but you see these IG droids, man, that walk in a, you don't want to mess with them. They'll just they'll tear you up. <laughs> yeah, like just his mobility and mm-hmm. his speed, and I mean, I thought that was all like so cool. It was, you know, I mean, we even though we've seen these droids before in Star Wars, like in Empire and also in mm-hmm. uh, the Clone Wars micro series. Um, we've, it, it's still kind of like a fresh like thing because we've never seen them in action and, you know, we, we had no idea, you know, of, of their capabilities. So it's, it's really like a brand new thing, even though it's, it's kind of something we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. IG 11, uh, voiced by, uh, Taika Watiti, the director. Um, he kind of is like the action star of this episode. You know, he's spinning around, he's shooting two blasters at once in two different directions. Definitely. It's a showstopper. It was really fun. Absolutely. So uh, after a, a pretty intense gunfight with uh, Nick Doze and, um, you know, these uh, all these, you know, mm-hmm. these aliens that we see in Return of the Jedi, um, and I think there were a couple others like the uh, like the the wolf type um, mm-hmm. characters. And I don't know if there was like Barada type, but, you know, all these the ones that we see in, in uh, on the skiff in mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, um, which I thought was really cool because I thought they looked great. Um so they go. They have a really intense fight with these guys. Ultimately, they're able to take them out with you know super giant cannon that is you know pretty capable. Yeah, that was and, cool. And uh, yeah, like a, so, it's like the Gatlin gun in the old west or something. He just hops right on it and just mows everyone down. Yeah, cool. yeah. So then they storm in, don't they? Yep. They. Um, I don't know if they use that cannon, but they cut the door down and just kick it down. You know, real cool style. Uh-huh. Walking in there, and uh, he's got it. The Mandalorian has his tracker out. And he's looking for the bounty and he comes across this sort of like floating egg thing and they pop it open and he's real surprised. He says something about, you know, said it was about 50 years old. Um, And in the camera shot, we see some ears poking out of a blanket and right away it's a giveaway like that's Yoda or the Yoda species. And IG-11 says uh, he was instructed for his bounty to uh, kill it. And um, the Mandalorian says, no, we're supposed to bring it in alive. And you see a blaster fire, and IG-11 just hits the deck. And the Mandalorian has saved the baby Yoda, and they ET-style reach out and touch fingers, and that's <laughs> the end of the episode. Yeah, that was so good. Like, you know, I, did, I had no clue that this was going in that direction, because, you know, I avoid spoilers, no, yeah. and I, I try not to look at things, you know, that might kind of hint at things. So this just blew me away. And, you yeah. know, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't see the first time I watched it, like, they show that shot from behind with the ears. I saw it the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time I see it, you know, you just see the front of its head and it's it's like a baby Yoda. Like my like literally my jaw dropped and my <laughs> yeah. husband's sitting there. He's not a huge Star Wars fan, um, but, you know, he's watching it with me and he's like, oh, is that is that a baby Yoda? You know, so I was like, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't catch it first time either. Um, not till they show him from the front. And but my wife caught it the first time and she's sitting on the couch going, oh, you know (laughs) i'm like what when she's going it's yoda (laughs) yeah that was great just the way it ended and like for me that that just sold me on the show i mean i thought it was so cool all the way up until that point but then Mm -hmm. when i saw what oh so this is kind of gonna be like you know the MacGuffin, or you know this is Mm -hmm. what the story is gonna be about like that just like totally sold me on it it threw me off um because it seemed like the mandalorian the show was sold as a show that's going to be about the underworld about um, what's going on elsewhere in the galaxy not mm-hmm. really so much to do with the force or anything and then bam right at the end of the episode you realize no the force is going to be a part of this series which, which is cool yeah yeah no, that, that was really cool all right so going into um episode two um so it, it basically picks up right where episode one left off doesn't it yep 
Uh, it's episode two it actually has a title, The Child. It was directed by Rick uh, Famuwa. I believe I'm saying that right. Um, someone will probably correct me. Um, and yeah, it picks right up after um, the last episode ended and they're walking through a canyon and you see the little egg that baby Yoda is in is just floating right behind Mandalorian. And you see some some little lizards coming out and they start to run away. And then the Mandalorian is attacked by a band of uh, Trandoshans. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was, um, we had seen an image from one of the, uh, I don't know, one of the publications, maybe Entertainment Weekly, that kind of showed an image of, of this moment when he was fighting the two Trandosians. Um, and uh, they they look interesting. To me, they look a little bit different from Bosk, though. Like, they don't yeah. look exactly like that. I kind of feel like the design is, I don't know, I don't really like the design quite as much. Yeah, I, I don't really have a preference either way, but yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah, it's not like quite as reptilian or I don't know, something about mm-hmm. it. I don't know. But in any case, um, yeah, so he's he's attacked by the two Trandosians and, um, you know, it, it's it's a pretty cool fight. Like we can, th- I think in this moment, we really see like the full capability of the Mandalorian's weapons. Yeah, uh, that was my favorite part, um, seeing his, his gun in action and seeing someone get disintegrated, just like uh, Darth <laughs> Vader warns Boba Fett not to do. And it's, and it's amazing. You've seen all those little bullets of all types of characters across Star Wars always on on their belt on something and he's actually pulling them out and blasting people with them yeah. and just seeing something we've never seen that I've never seen in Star Wars before it was, it was amazing yeah totally and his rifle seems like it, it has like two modes right like it has like blaster fire and then mm-hmm. or you know where it actually like disintegrates but then it also yeah. has like some sort of like a stun mechanism or something yeah I love it it's cool yeah, it's it's really cool and and um, yeah. So he takes the two of those out. Uh, you know, he he saves Yoda. Or mm-hmm. I, you know, I know we keep saying Baby Yoda. We it's obviously not Yoda, but yeah, you know, there's we nothing we can call him. I guess right. We don't yeah. know what their species is. We don't know if it is a Yoda or what. Yeah, we don't know if it's a clone. Or a yaddle or <laughs> exactly, we have no clue. So, um, yeah. So uh, he saves it. Uh, he continues on his way. He finally gets back to his ship and. Uh, lo and behold, uh, something is has has occurred to his ship. It's not mm-hmm. exactly as he left it, is it? It's like he parked it in, in a bad neighborhood or something, and he finds <laughs> his ship on concrete blocks or something. He comes back, and the Jawas have begun to dismantle his ship, pretty much halfway gone. And he instantly, again, and with the good acting, you can just see how angry he is. He just pulls out his blaster rifle again and starts disintegrating these Jawas <laughs> all over the place from real far away. And they're just... You know, their cloaks are just blasting in the air and they are freaking out and shooting their blasters. Um, and it's a funny, entertaining little bit before he gets up there to try and get his uh, parts of his ship back. Yeah, yeah, that that whole thing is great. And, um, you know, then, of course, the chase ensues where, you know, he's trying to make yeah, his way up great. the sand crawler. And, yeah, that was one of the, I think, for me, that was, that's been one of the best, like, bits of the show is, you know, just... It's like he's on horseback trying to get the caboose of the train and exactly. he, he gets on it and it, it was great. And it it's like you're watching something out of A New Hope, you know? You're seeing the sand crawler going there. You're seeing this guy in, in Mandalorian armor and it, it's awesome. And then the Jawas are, are freaking out and they're popping out of their little <laughs> hatches and throwing parts of things at him. And it's comical. It's it's entertaining. It's it's awesome. It is. I, mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, it just it's perfect. Uh, he gets to the top, and it's 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 funny because you know we all know the moment in, in a New Hope where R two D two gets blasted by one of the Jawas, and you know he basically just like short circuits and collapses. So the Mandalorian yep. experience is what this feels like, but like times ten. <laughs> yeah, 
He does his best impression of R2 and falls off the sand crawler <laughs> and wakes up, looks like a few hours later in the evening, and little baby Yoda is sitting there next to him, and he's got to pick up the pieces, and where does he go from here? Yeah, and then I think what, what happens next is pretty great, too, because we kind of you know get our first um, inkling that you know this little Yoda character is Force-sensitive. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, the Mandalorian's sitting there trying to mend his wounds and, um, you know, mm-hmm. Baby Yoda a couple of times sneaks out of his uh, his crib, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. His, his floating crib. And uh, it looks like he's trying to heal the Mandalorian or trying to help it him does, out. Yeah. And um, obviously Mandalorian doesn't seem like he really knows what's going on. So no. he just puts him back in his crib. Yeah. And that one of my favorite parts so far, right when they put him, when the Mandalorian puts baby Yoda back in his little crib, the music sounds like a little bit of an inversion of the Yoda's force theme from Empire Strikes Back. Huh. I hadn't noticed that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of there. Like there's just like a few notes from it and then it, it goes elsewhere, but it's definitely, it's like a callback to the force or something. It's really awesome. Yeah. That's, um, I'll have to look for that next time. Um, yeah, no, that, that's great. So he puts, um, Yoda in his crib, he shuts it and then um, you know, he makes his way, I guess, back mm-hmm. to where he started, maybe back to kind of to his yeah, camp. Yeah, he goes back to um, Quill's ranch. Um, and interesting note I took in my notes here. This is about more than 10 minutes into the episode, and this is where we get the first dialogue from Nick Nolte, which is really cool. We've gone all this time, and no one's really said anything other than some Jawa chatter and some screaming and fight sounds. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. And um, so he's like, yeah, the, the Jawa stole my stuff and, or, you know, destroyed it. Yeah. And uh, Quill's like, oh, the Jawas don't destroy. They just steal. Mm-hmm. And Mandalorian's like, same thing to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's talking to Quill. Um, and Quill suggests that he will take him to the Jawas to get his stuff back. And that there may be possibly something he could trade for his stuff. And while they're going back and forth, they look down and little baby Yoda eats a frog hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, kind of, that was kind of unexpected. It's like, Jesus, he's so small, yet he can swallow a whole frog. Mm-hmm. Well, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah um and then so um uh quill um hooks them up uh, on a little trailer and they make their way to find the sand crawler they come across upon the uh, jawas and the, understandably the jawas are a little skeptical of the mandalorian coming back after he just disintegrated some of their friends um and quill recommends that he put his weapons down to talk to the jawas and the mandalorian says something interesting that his weapons are part of his religion that's <laughs> yeah, a great line so they sit down to talk with the jawas and um, you know, they start like teasing him about his accent, the way he mm-hmm. speaks, you know, Jawa and, you know, he just busts out his flamethrower and like yeah. <laughs> taunts them. I thought that was pretty great too. It was awesome. It just shows, you know, how he's not down for this. This isn't part of what he thinks is business and he has no time for this, but, but the wisdom of Quill, he's like, you know, calm down. We're going to negotiate. Surely there can be something you could trade for. And um, they want his armor at first. And Quill says, no, you know, that he's a Mandalorian. Then they go and they try to grab the little uh, little baby Yoda. And he says, get away from that. And so the, the Jawas, um, what, what is the word that they use here they, they, for egg? They start chanting. Yeah, they have a word for That's what they want. They uh, want the egg. They and, didn't write uh, it down, but they, they want an egg. And obviously the Mandalorian doesn't know what they're talking about. And the, the Jawas take him off to uh, drop him off in front of this little cave thing. And so he walks into a, a dark cave. He's using his lights. He's looking around and he sees something hairy and the Mandalorian just gets bounced out of this cave, thrown back out to uh, the valley there where little baby Yoda is floating. And we see this giant beast called a mud horn come out and it just starts beating up the Mandalorian. You know, he's got his chest plate hanging off. You see sparks coming off it. He's really getting um, 
getting beat up pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty brutal fight. And multiple times over, Mandalorian is tossed around. He flails mm-hmm. about. He's he's in pretty rough shape towards the end of this. And that's when something pretty magnificent happens. Yeah, it looks like the Mandalorian is about to accept, you know, I'm going to die here. And I put up a, a good fight. And the only weapon he has left is just a, a knife. He holds the knife up as the Mudhorn starts to charge him. And we see the Mudhorn stop and start floating. And the, the camera shows us that we see little baby Yoda is doing his best regular Yoda impression. And he's using the force <laughs> to lift up the Mudhorn so that the Mandalorian can get around to the side of him. And he actually uh, stabs the Mudhorn in the neck and kills it. Yeah, that, um, you know, that that really like solidified, you know, this idea of the force, you know, you actually see it in, in action and. Um, you know, then it makes you wonder a little bit more, like, is this like a clone of Yoda or are all yeah. of the species just force sensitive? And that's why, yeah. you know, it's such a threat. You know, maybe it's a rare, but, you know, always force sensitive species. And that's why these former Imperials or whomever mm-hmm. they are, you know, are trying to, you know, find him. It could be it could be a clone of Yoda that maybe has something to do with Palpatine cloning him. Uh, it could just be another of the species that we don't know a whole lot about. And maybe they're all just extremely force sensitive we don't know, but it really sets us up for, you know, is this where we're going in this series? We're going to find out more about this child. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so basically the last thing that happens in this episode is, um, you know, the he, he gets the egg, right? He takes it back. The Jawas yep. are happy. They eat it. And uh, it's basically like a giant Cadbury egg or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so uh, they give him his parts back. He goes back to his uh, to his ship and then, um, mm-hmm. you know, Quill helps him nice to rebuild. montage there. Yeah, yeah. We don't know how long of a time span it takes, but, you know, it seems like it takes a while, but they finally mm-hmm. get it rebuilt. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Mandalorian offers, um, you know, Quill like a like yep. a, a position, like, you know, hey, I mm-hmm. could use your help, you know. And uh, he's like, nope, you know, I've, I worked on my life so that I could be free. And yeah, um, he's like, yeah. He's well, the then- um, <laughs> same species in um, Empire Strikes Back, right, that... Um- was uh they were on cloud city right the Lug ones that knots, tore apart yeah i believe yeah. so yeah so i guess he said something about being um no longer in service so maybe he has found his freedom here in his, his older age and yeah they kind of they kind of split and Congrats. this whole time baby yoda has been passed out from the power of using the force so yeah. he's just sleeping in his little bassinet yeah yeah it's like when you have like a an hour-long workout and you're just like Ugh. you know it, yeah. it, it took all his energy <laughs> out of him um but yeah, no, it's uh, he. They go into space. They take off. You see, you know, Baby Yoda wakes mm-hmm. up, and that's kind of the end of episode two. Um, I also want to note, like, the end credits are pretty great on these episodes oh, because yes. you yeah. get um, you get to see like concept art of of mm-hmm. everything that happens in the episode, and I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, it reminds me of you know looking at like uh, the back of a toy box or something, right? It's definitely different from what it actually is as an artist uh, drawing. But, you know, it recaps the episode and the music is great. And and yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah, really, really awesome. All right. So I think we've covered it pretty well, recapping uh, the main points of these episodes. Um, So I want to talk a bit about um, some of the things we like. Now, we did kind of touch on this already as we were going through it. We saw some awesome stuff um, Mm -hmm. that that was really exciting. Um, But what are some of the other things that you like about the direction this uh, show is going in? Um, I guess I said this already. I really like how we're, we're just following the Mandalorian. I like how intimate it is. Um, and I like that just really threw me for a loop, um, seeing a little baby Yoda and I'm really interested to see where they're going to go with this, bringing the force into this, um, you know, bounty hunter world. And yeah. 
Yeah, that that's a really cool aspect. And um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. It's it's a different aspect of Star Wars than we've seen before. And um, it's showing us something new while also giving us, you know, things that are familiar. And, you know, now they're incorporating the force, you know, to mm-hmm. some extent. So, um, yeah, that that's all really cool. And, you know, seeing all the classic aliens. And I think yeah. that's some, that's been a big complaint for me from like the sequel trilogy is that, you know, we don't really see a lot of the classic aliens that, you know, uh-huh. we, that we know and love. Yeah. Um, so getting to see more of those in this show and, you know, the, just the whole like Western um, adventure aspect of it, I think has been one of the mm-hmm. things that's resonated most with me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and as far as complaints, I haven't really heard other people complaining a whole lot about this show. Any complaints that I had, I'm, I'm quickly over on, on second and third viewings of the episodes. Um, like I said, some of the things, the music was different, took me a second viewing to get used to. Um, I, I've heard people say it does sort of feel a little fan filmy, but you know, it's different. It's, it's Disney trying to forge the Star Wars into a, a next uh, generation. You know, that's where things are at now on streaming services and uh, the best way to tell a story visually right now is through uh, television episodic. So I got over yeah. it and it, it's different and I like it. Yeah, yeah, totally. As far as things I don't like, I can't really think of anything. And I mean, it, when, when I'm the thing I'm nitpicking the most is that the Trandoshans don't really look like Trandoshans. I think they're on a, <laughs> off to a pretty good start. Yeah. Um, my husband said that he thought that some of the CG maybe didn't look quite as good as the films. I didn't really feel that way, but um, has that been something you've possible. come across? I, I noticed um, when his ship is in space, it does look a little maybe not as polished as something you would see in one of the films. It sort of looks like a generic um, sci-fi spaceship, you know, but other than that, you know, it's really nitpicky. Okay. Yeah. No, they're, they're off to a good start. I'm really... Um, I've really enjoyed the direction it's gone so far. And I um, want to talk to you a little bit, Dave, about things that we're wondering about after the second episode, uh, where we hope things are going. So mm-hmm. um, what do you got? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, the question on my mind is, is what's he going to do? Is he going to collect his bounty? Is he is he um, going to turn over the child? Um, you know, does he see himself in some of the child he says you know in the episodes that he's a foundling we get uh flashbacks to looks like maybe his family was was murdered in the clone wars or something by droids uh, you know does he see himself in this in this baby i don't really know where they're going or is he are they gonna go nope you know he's back with the character that we set up and he's just gonna collect his bounty you know where do we go yeah, I'm definitely picking up, you know, that vibe that, you know, Mandalorian's had a hard life. He's had some really awful experiences and it seems to some extent, you know, that he can um, relate to Baby Yoda, uh, that mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's he can relate to not having, you know, a family and you know, he's been on his own. Maybe we don't really know the, his his back Mandalorian's backstory at this point. Um, yeah. He's obviously a Mandalorian, but we don't really know, like, how he became one or if he was born mm-hmm. one or, you know, exactly how that works. So. Um, that's something I'm really looking forward to learning more yeah. about. I'm looking forward to learning more about the Mandalorians. Um, you know, that we, they were in that little underground, like market kind of hangout place for other Mandalorians, uh, where he had his, uh, shoulder pad forged and we don't really know, I guess, right. We don't know what happened to Mandalore. We knew the empire had a siege against it, but we don't know. Are they spread out throughout the galaxy? Is Mandalore still exists the way that we left it in mm-hmm. rebels with uh, Sabine? So that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing um, is the Mandalorian. Is he actually Mandalorian or can, 
you anyone become Mandalorian, you know, yeah. you know, just by putting on the armor. Those are things I'm looking forward to see. Yeah, totally. I'm really, I, I, I really, like, I think the Mandalorian stuff from uh, Clone Wars and, and Rebels has, was, has been one of my favorite things in the Star mm. Wars animation. And um, yeah, I really want to see how they're going to tie that into um, the show and, uh, you know, see if there's any connections there. Yeah. Um, or, you know, see if it's, you know, different. I mean, you, you know, they're, they're kind of, mm-hmm. we know a little bit, but we don't know like everything about, you know, how Mandal- Mandalore works or, you know, where it's yeah. at, um, you know, what it's become after all this time, you know, in these characters. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's going to be exciting seeing how they, how they, um, how they get into all that. Yeah. We don't know, you know, we were, we know they were a race of warriors. Then they kind of gave up their warrior status with, um, uh, Duchess Satine. Um, and then we know, you know, where, where we left with Sabine. So we don't know, is this some sort of faction of Mandalore that we're following or is this what the remnants of what's left? But yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, did it look to you like there was maybe like a phase one clone trooper in that Mandalorian establishment? Oh, I didn't catch it in the shadows when they, when he was walking by. Yeah. Like when he walks in, I kind of feel like there's like a clone trooper captain, like that just kind of hang, like somebody wearing that sort of. It looked like that costume. Maybe I didn't see it right, but I kind maybe of you're like seeing that. pieces because like, I know the Mandalorian looks like he has like shore trooper yeah. uh, pieces on him. So maybe it looks like a lot of their armor is pieced together. So I didn't see it. But I'm just speculating. Maybe if you did see that, maybe it's a piece of something. Yeah. But it yeah. would be cool if there was a clone trooper in there. Yeah, would be would be interesting to see because we've never seen like, I mean, we've seen them in the films, right? But they were all CG. We've never seen yeah. like a costumed clone trooper in yeah. That's in one live of the action. sad things. Are, about the prequel <laughs> trilogy no helmets were ever made right right yeah but yeah cool yeah no it's it's looking great i'm really uh enjoying the direction and uh, i'm stoked about this next episode i mean there's a lot of, we've seen these previews and there's a lot more characters we haven't gotten to know yet yeah. that we know are going to mm-hmm. be in here somewhere so yeah it's going to be really cool yep all right so finally i want to touch on uh toys because you know i'm a toy collector you're a toy collector mm-hmm. you know we love star wars um so Let's talk a little bit about things that haven't been done yet. I mean, we've we've gotten a few figures. There's uh, in six inch we have the Mandalorian. Uh, mm-hmm. We have IG Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, Cara Dune is just starting to come out. Um, we have the Off World Jawa, uh, and in Vintage Collection uh, next year we're getting Mandalorian and Cara Dune. But that's kind of all we're aware of at this point. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, given what we've seen so far, what are you looking forward to in terms of action figures that you're hoping that Hasbro puts out there? Um, let's say, I guess in the, maybe the vintage collection, getting some, maybe a play set or something, or maybe a a sand crawler or something like that, um, would be really awesome. Reenact some of the, the scenes with the Mandalorian. Uh Um, and I guess maybe expanding more into the, into the black series, getting more of, uh, like Quill in a, in a black series would be cool since we already have the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think for um, for uh, six inch, I'd really like a quill figure. I think that's that's a must do. Like they yeah. absolutely have to do him. Um, uh, I don't really put him on like a blurg or something. You know, like yeah. A, oh my god, ones. like a deluxe. That would yeah. be incredible. Um, yeah, no, that that would be awesome. Um, for six inch, I can't really think so far of anything else I'd want other than Baby Yoda. Oh yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd be cool, but it'd be pretty small, right? It'd be like the Porgs or something, or maybe if they yeah. sold it at a lower price point or packed them in with something like another character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or you know, maybe they could do a deluxe. It's Baby Yoda, but he comes with his floating, um, you know, cart. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd buy that. <laughs> I would. 
Um, yeah, for vintage collection, um, we know that, you know, Cara Dune and Mandalorian are coming. Um, you know, three and three quarter inch, I think, you know, they'll buy anything they want to do. I mean, if they want to do the off-world Jawa, Quill, mm-hmm. you know, Imperials. I think they're also actually, now that I think about it, they're doing a Remnant Stormtrooper next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did hear so, that. Yeah, so there's that. Um, what I'd really love to see would be a Razor, a Razor Crest um, oh, yeah. vehicle. Um, but, I mean, let's be honest. If they did that in Vintage Collection, it would be at least $200. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, the X-Wing was, what, 100 yeah. Pose X Wing. Yeah. 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 It would it it would be at least two hundred. But if they did it right, and you know, it's like a proper like, you know, sh- uh, spaceship slash playset um, mm-hmm. style vehicle, kind of like what they did back in the day with the Republic gunship. Um, and it has kind of like a little section with the carbon freezing chamber, and yeah. you know, you know, they just go all out on it. I think it would be- maybe some pieces that come off uh, the Jawas. You yeah. can strip it and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities here, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see that. That would be like I, I right now. I kind of feel like I'd love to have the Razor Razor Crest, but um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's it's a cool ship, and uh, we know from what we've seen in the show that they refer to it as you know a classic, you know pre Empire, and mm-hmm. um, obviously we never saw them in in the other films, so um, yeah. that might be a little bit weird, but yeah, it, it's obviously the Mandalorian's vehicle, and I think that mm-hmm. you know that's that's pretty important. Definitely. Like we scratched the. Scratch the surface, I guess. Um, you know, as we get some more episodes, I'm sure there'll be other things we'll be begging for. So, you know, that, that, that was a lot of stuff. I think we just mentioned from just well, about an hour of footage, right? So, yeah. you know, bring on more. <laughs> yeah. How long are the episodes timing in? Um, I think the first one was about 40 minutes, and that includes the credits. And the second one, I think, was closer to like 33 minutes. Okay. So uh, we don't know if they're going to get longer or stay the same as we go along, but... You know, it's it's good. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, it's you know, it, I I've enjoyed it just as it is. It's great. They feel a little bit short, but you know, I mean, it's it's our first Star Wars live action show, so it sh- I guess that's mm-hmm. just something we need to get used to. But, I really um, like how they're, they're they're releasing them weekly. Um, yeah. Because we have time to digest them, watch them over and over again, sit down and talk about them. Because otherwise, if it was just like Netflix and we binged it all, you know, no one would be talking about the show exactly you know, in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in the previous episode, I was talking to Tom Charlton about that, um, you know, how, um, you know, it's cool that Netflix does that. But, you know, I'm not a person who really binges. Like, I kind of like to take my time and absorb things mm. and think about them. And, you know, the thing is, if you binge something over like a weekend or something, it's it's like, okay, now what? Yeah. You know, and I guess you could always move on to another series. But, you know, I kind yeah. of appreciate this more slow drip sort of way of doing it because... Yeah. Um, I think Tom mentioned in that last episode that, you know, when you binge, you don't really have the water cooler moments. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the good things about doing it weekly. It's memorable, too. I'm, I'm a big Stranger Things fan and we'll sit down and we'll watch like a season in uh, two three days. And then the next season comes around and I haven't ever watched the episodes a second time. And I'm like, what happened? You know, and then like, you know, sitting down and watching this show, I've watched the episodes multiple times and I'm getting a good feel as to what's going on. And I feel like I'm going to absorb it more. It's going to be more important to me, especially being Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, no, it's it's I, I'm, I'm totally down with with the Mandalorian. I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, it's it, it, to me, it just feels like you know, um, you know, John Favreau's put his heart into this and, you know, it's, it definitely feels like it's come from somebody who is passionate about Star Wars and, yep. um, you know, definitely. has, has grown up with it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I love it. Um, I've been blown away by what they've done so far and 
Um, I know it's, you're only two episodes in. I know realistically we can't really say, oh, you know, it's, it's the best Star Wars since the original trilogy. Some mm-hmm. people are saying that, but I don't know. After two episodes, I'm kind of starting to think, I, I kind of feel like I can see that a little bit right now. Yeah. I'm getting excited for the other shows we were talking about last time. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, oh man, what's Obi-Wan going to be like? You know, oh, you know, what are the other series going to be like? It's going to be, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's true. Uh, Kenobi, uh, the Cassian Andor series. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're on if they're on par with what Mandalorian has done so far in terms of the overall um, quality of the story and um, the quality of the presentation, I think you know it, it's going to be a really great time to be a Star Wars fan in these coming yeah. years. Yeah. Well, Dave, as always, it's been a blast. Where can people go to follow you online? Uh, you can give me a follow on Instagram or uh, Twitter, Jurassic Dave 93 and talk about anything Star Wars. Just have a conversation. I'm happy to talk to anyone. Let's do this again after we get a couple more episodes in and, uh, you know, we can recap and talk about, you know, what happens in these next few episodes we're really looking forward to. And uh, yeah, uh, again, thanks. It's been a blast. Thanks for having me on, Victoria. This is so much fun, you know, having weekly Star Wars and getting to chat about it. So I'll talk to you next time. Thank you. All right. Awesome. If you aren't already, subscribe to The Place It All Started, the Victoria's Cantina YouTube channel where I review new toys and showcase retro toys from the past. You can also follow us for news and updates on Facebook by looking up Victoria's Cantina, toy photography on Instagram at Victoria's Cantina, and a constant drip of toy-related and other random and nonsensical tweets on Twitter at Vic's Cantina. If you're so inclined, we are on Patreon. Gain greater access to Victoria's Cantina by becoming a Patreon Cantina patron. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll help to keep the show going and also get exclusive content such as access to a private Twitter feed, early access to toy reviews, and behind-the-scenes featurettes. And if you can't, but you still want to help us out, one of the easiest and most helpful things you can do is leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a minute, so hit that five-star rating and leave a note stating why you enjoy the show. It'll make us more visible on iTunes and help others to find our show. As always, I'm Victoria, and no matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. <laughs>